Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what is up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It is Wednesday. Uh, I feel like we just did this yesterday. Because we did. Hooray! Uh, We usually do this on Friday, but come on, man. It's the holiday, so we just wanted to bang one out on Wednesday, so it's all good. Uh, We got no Michael Fabiano in his stead. Uh, we've got West Virginia's finest, the man with the uh, one of the best beards in all of fantasy football, a mason jar loving, moonshine drinking, SOB from West Virginia. His family hails originally from South Carolina, but I will tell you what, this man knows wide receivers. We are talking about Matt Harmon. Um, yeah, how do you how do you follow up that intro? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that was accurate. The only parts that weren't accurate is I'm not from West Virginia. But you are. Nope. Okay, that's well, good. I, I'm Solid. Not. And my family is from North Carolina, not South Carolina. Although the rest of it, the the mason jars, <laughs> and the moonshine. Wide receivers. I, well, moonshine I can't confirm or deny. But okay, okay. I'm just potentially, okay. if it was around. Okay, yes. Yeah, I can confirm. Okay, that, all right. So. Uh, listen, today is Wednesday. Um, the We have one top headline. I'll get that one out of the way, all right? Yeah, let's Odell just Beckham Jr. I'm not even going to play the drop. Right. <laughs> Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. Uh, suspended. Uh, for one game, so in your championship week, in standard scoring, we're talking about a guy in Odell Beckham Jr., uh, who is the number one fantasy wide receiver in the game. Mm-hmm. Today, we're talking 90 catches, uh, what, 1,400 yards, just about 13 receiving touchdowns. The man has been an absolute animal this year. And in championship week, <laughs> you don't got him because he got suspended. Right. You couldn't have done this in week eight, right? You know, not something like that. No. So, right. does anybody want to play with fire and pick up Ruben Randall in place of Odell? I want to oh, pick a lot up. Of, I must say, a lot of people excited there. You play with fire, you will get burned. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I want to play Will Ty. Yeah, Will Ty is a good good play. This I think week. Will Ty. Yeah, Will Ty is uh, is is pretty solid. Um, I think Marcus Wheaton. If you're absolutely desperate uh, against that Baltimore defense, not bad. I think Albert Wilson is out there. Bird alert. Bird alert. Um, Would you be, play all those guys play. over Reuben Randall? Over Reuben Randall, I think. Uh, uh, I don't know if I play the bird alert over yeah. Reuben Randall. Yeah, I'm. I'm one of the top three Albert Wilson truthers, and I would. I would not do that. I would probably rank if I had to rank it. I would go Reuben Randall, Marcus Wheaton, and then Albert Wilson. Is there any other plays out there that could really? I think Travis Benjamin is still out there a little bit as well. I don't mind that matchup. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Jermaine Curse, maybe. Oh, yeah, boy. Jermaine Curse is a good one. He's had a couple good games in a row, and and you're basically just you're getting you're getting taking a slice yeah. off the Russell. Honestly, Russell this is what this is what you're doing. You're, Phil, you're probably Philly Brown, maybe. Yeah, Philly Brown's no. not bad. I, I really honestly believe. He said that, maybe. <laughs> I think you're playing somebody on your bench. Yeah. I don't think you're probably. playing the waiver wires on this one. If you're an Odell Beckham Jr. owner, uh, you're most likely playing your bench. So there you go. I uh, yeah, sorry guys, but. <laughs> I, we got no advice. You can't replace the number one guy. You just can't do it. Uh, but there you go. So that's your top headline. Today's podcast is going to be primarily focused on Daily Fantasy. And if you play Daily Fantasy, you'll love this podcast. If you don't like Daily Fantasy, I'm telling you, you're going to like this podcast too. Please stick around because, look, we're going to explain how the game works. And really what we're doing is we're talking about 
uh, expectations for some of your big-name guys. So if you've got a Ben Roethlisberger, if you've got a Cam Newton, if you've got Russell Wilson, I tell you what, we're going to give you expectations for right. there as well. It just happens to be. There will still be plenty of nugs for other guys, but we're going to spin this one into daily fantasy because for many fantasy players out there, you might not be in a championship. Right. And if you still have that fantasy itch, you want to scratch it a little bit, right. daily fantasy is a fun way to do it. It's and a very special episode. It is a special NFL episode. Fantasy Live podcast. And, it, I th- and I think, too, if I can speak on just like the larger – uh, state of the DFS industry. I think okay. there's a lot of like misnomers about it and like what it is or is not. But it, the good point, thing is that it can be something for everybody. Like if you just want to have fun with like a few of your friends, like we did that for a little bit. Like we had a right. league, yeah, we had a stronghold like a, league. Yeah, like franchise and, and the three of us would play. And, right. You know, I won. I won it every time. But that's a. Oh, that's oh a, wow. we did it like two weeks. <laughs> and I won it. And I won it both times. So that's but every time. You raise a good point because uh, I I read a an oral history like behind the scenes. Of everybody probably has seen those commercials ad nauseum, and Bradley yeah. C was always the outlier because he'd only it was like Bradley C is one three hundred twenty dollars. Yeah, that was because he was just in a family like a family and friends league. Like oh, every Sunday, great. he and his friends would play together. Not the crazy high stakes, whatever. So right. it's it's whatever you want to make it, and it's fun. Okay. And as an analyst, it's really it's a like a new challenging like puzzle to figure out. It like, is absolutely about it on a weekly basis. And right, there's a lot of like psychological impacts of it too that we'll talk about as well. So it's fun. So the basics of DFS daily fantasy. All right, it, there there's two different types of games you can play if we're talking fantasy football here. Okay, it's either tournament or non-tournament. Um, and Matt, in those tournament games, it's a lot of players. And um, and basically, only the you know what top thirty forty percent um, uh, you know basically get paid yeah. out. So yeah. you know, but in non tournaments, uh, it's it's you know fifty fifty. Yeah, sure. And like there are head to heads, like just like a regular fantasy game. Sure. You know, like like in your season long leagues, it's just you and another person going toe to right. toe. And there's a difference in the way you want to approach constructing your lineup for each one. Like for a tournament, you want to go for more upside, more variance. Like you're willing to accept a guy like the classic, like a Ted Ginn's a great example. Like you know he could get you two points. You might not want to play him in like a non-tournament game, but in a tournament, you're okay with chasing that like two touchdown upside. And because you, because like you said, it is so top heavy to win. Right. So there's a big there's a big difference there in the way you approach constructing the lineup, and you want to go a little more safer. Like a Julian Edelman or a Jarvis Landry is a good like non-tournament play because they get a lot of targets. They are really safe. They have a high floor, maybe not the same ceiling. So there's that's like a real basic. Yeah. Outlook. You'll you'll see more unique lineups in tournaments than you will in the other ones because guys 100%. are trying to to stand out and do something different that people might not guess. And I, you know, got and where you really see it, uh, of course you see it at wide receiver and running back, but quarterback too, man. Yeah. Uh, you see a lot of crazy plays at quarterback in these tournament uh games and crazy stacks. Yeah. Yes, and stacks is a is a common phrase and common terminology used in daily fantasy. Look, it's basically just like um, combo guys, right? So, like, if you've got Kirk Cousins, you, you want to play Jordan Reed and Deshaun Jackson as well. Um, if you – I guess that's maybe not as strong. I mean, Kirk Cousins, Jordan Reed, it's a very strong I mean, like, stack. That's, I was like, that's where you started, huh? Like, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said you, you got to be unique. In, uh, how about Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> right, and Antonio Brown? Yes, yes, yes. We laugh, right. though, about Kirk Cousins, but he's been – like, a couple of those weeks, he's won people some he tournaments. Indeed. Yeah, Perfect. man. Well, last week I'm sure he probably helped out. And statistically, like, if you look at just, like, the top-end finishers in tournaments, like, the more more often it's like the contrarian plays, and we'll talk more about that later. But like at quarterback, that's where you need to be the most unique, mm-hmm. right? So stacks are basically again combinations of guys on the same team, same team uh, against uh, you know on your on your roster there. Okay, and then contrarian playing. Explain that very quickly. Yeah, well, kind of alluded to that earlier. Um, it's basically just like differing from the field because. You want to not have the same lineup as everybody else because you're trying to, you know, stand out from this large field tournament with a bunch of entries. So you want to play a guy like somebody coming off a bad week is a really good contrarian play because people are going to be off of him. Right. Well, there was a week. There was week three, like 
that I said that I said Jeremy Hill was a really good contrarian play. I think this was week three, but it was early in the season after he'd basically been disappointing people for the first two weeks. Then he comes out and he has a three touchdown game, and he was like one percent owned in DFS. That gives you a crazy advantage because not everybody else is going to get that high score, and you are. And you know when everybody and like if if you have a super highly owned player in a tournament and he lets you down, like if you were rostering Todd Gurley for a while there and that was a guy that everybody was on, you're you're not going anywhere. So right. it's, a, it's a huge difference maker in your lineup but you also have to be smart about it like you can't play like Devin Hester as a contrarian (laughs) (laughs) you want to have the right match but also on the flip side if you because maybe this whets your appetite and you research it more another term on the flip side of contrarian is like fading which comes into play when like Devonta Freeman went on his huge streak earlier in the year people were trying to wonder when is the week to fade him because once it gets to that point, you don't want to hey, – everybody's going to be on a player. Right. You have to figure out the point where it's appropriate to back off and find other plays, and that's right. where you find your contrarian plays. All right, so with that introduction out of the way, uh, let's just talk about some of our favorite plays this week um, in DFS. Uh, Matt Harm, give me a quarterback you like, man. Um, well, we talk about contrarian play, and I'll go right off the top okay. on one. And it's uh, it's Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, and this is kind of interesting because he's been such a disappointing player for season-long players. And we're talking about DFS right now for a lot of these guys that are getting just got kicked out of their season-long league. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he got me this many points, you know, 10 yeah, points. Yeah, 10 points, right. 10 points, right, in, in week 15. I don't want to play that guy in DFS. He's going to be super low-owned. His value is lower than it has been any t- at any point in the last two years, I think. Wow. So it's a really – good time to get on him especially in a game against the Cardinals that could easily turn into a shootout the Cardinals opponents playing the Cardinals have averaged 36 pass attempts per game which is more than the league average at any point ever in in the history of football so, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons not to play Aaron Rodgers, of course, and we list those reasons, you know, to the high heavens uh, in regular fantasy because, quite frankly, he doesn't have the targets. The offensive line is banged up. Um, it, it's 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 on paper not a great matchup, but this is why this is where daily fantasy becomes very intriguing, right? right? Well, and the thing is, too, we were talking about this on the walk up. With Rodgers, you don't want to pick him and play him with James Jones or somebody. No. You don't know where his touchdowns are going to go. This could be a two-touchdown Justin Perillo game, for sure. all we know. Right. But if you, uh, have, uh, if you have Aaron Rodgers in your lineup, you still get those points. Right, so. exactly. All right, uh, what about a Gilhart? Give me a quarterback. Uh, you know, I was looking at this list on the way up here, yeah. and a guy I kind of circled was uh, Matthew Stafford. Wow. That uh, The Jim Bob Cooter offense has okay. been a lot more aggressive. Stafford has uh, had pretty solid games. He had a couple duds, but I think he's had 16-plus standard fantasy points in his last, like, five or six games. And he's right. had huge games, too, with Jim Bob Cooter calling the shots. Uh, the San Francisco defense, I, I really don't like home road splits. But for whatever reason this year, they are the one that suffers a lot more on the road. They're allowing almost five more fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks when they're on the road. So you put Matt Stafford, Golden Tate, the rest of that offense on the fast track and Ford Field. Uh, I think he'll probably be a middling guy. He's not going to ha- – a ton of people are going to be chasing him. Uh, but he, I think he could be a solid play. And he's a value where you can get some bigger name like wide receivers and stuff into your lineup too. Marcus? Uh, I'm going to take a look at Teddy Bridgewater this week. Wow, really? Wow. You know, wow, I know. Um, one, you know, may- maybe it is kind of chasing the hot hand a little bit after what he did uh, right. last week. But he's going up against that Giants defense. And we saw that secondary just get torched repeatedly this year. Right. Uh, quarterbacks are completing passes at a rate of about 65% against this group. They are pretty good. A ton. They've given up more passing yards than anybody in the NFL this year. And, you know, while Bridgewater can be inconsistent, I think there's an opportunity for him. If he is really starting to kind of figure out this offense late in the year, maybe he puts up a big number. And we were actually kind of joking, but there is some truth to it. Maybe he's the new Mr. December. You know, we saw it a little we bit. Saw the, we saw it at the end of last Gino year. In two years did it. Right. We saw it at the end of last year from Bridgewater where that, that was kind of why we all got excited about him this year. Then obviously had the big week last uh, last week. So maybe maybe he's the new Mr. December. Oh, that's interesting. You know, the re- one reason I would I'm not that confident in Teddy Bridgewater. It's still a low, uh, low number of pass attempts that he throws. Low volume passing. Uh, low volume passing attack, man. What was what it, 20 pass attempts? 20 pass. That's what he had last week. Five yeah. touchdowns. 
Five total touchdowns. Yeah, but before that, I mean, twenty pass attempts. Before that, that, insane. Before that, he was throwing quite a bit more. I think he was averaging like closer to thirty pass attempts. Okay, like like, month or so before that. Um, boy, it's funny. Nobody here mentioned the big guys, right? Like you know, Russell Wilson's just been. Well, yeah, we wanted to get some more interesting picks. We can talk chalk for a little bit here. Sure, Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant. You want to talk about a stack uh, against Baltimore? That is just unbelievable. Uh, Cam Newton's got. Um, a pretty good matchup against eight, uh, the ATR. You know, look, their corners are pretty good, but it seems like to me the Falcons are starting to give up uh, a little bit. Uh, and, and I do wonder if Cam will take advantage of that. And quite honestly, I mean, nobody's been able to stop Cam, period. Um, but I think, I, I got to think, there's going to be a lot of teams out there, uh, a lot of rosters that are going to feature uh, those guys from Duval. Taken on New Orleans. Absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of Blake Bortle plays out there as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing we didn't mention in the stacking segment, which is super important, and I've a lot of there's been a lot more in-depth research this year done okay. on this, and something I've been employing a lot lately is to stack opposing passing games. So, like, in games that you project are going to become shootouts, like, for example, the Lions and Saints last week, mm-hmm. I had a lot of players going that were also – that were, you know, I had like a Matt Stafford and Golden Tate stack, and then I had Brandon Cooks or Ben Watson on the other side because if, if, if there's a high correlation, if one passing game goes off, the other one's going to go off, which you just naturally assume because you're going to have to chase points. So, And that's a great game to do that to, again, to the Saints. We know they have a bad defense. Right. You get Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson or even Blake Bortles and Allen Hearns or Julius Thomas, any of those guys, and then you put Cooks, Watson, those other guys on the other now, side. Now, I have a question with that matchup. How do you feel about that correlation if it's Matt Flynn? Yeah, wet limp noodle arming the rock around instead of Drew Brees <laughs> yeah. slinging it in there. Yeah, see that. Like kinda... seriously, that guy looks like it's like a loose trebuchet throwing the football around <laughs> when it lets it go. Yeah, that kind of stinks, and that's another reason that um, if you can get in on a tournament that has uh, the Washington and Philadelphia game, I actually kind of like doing it in that game a little bit better. Um, having some cousins and Jackson, and then they'll go like Ertz. Yeah, and Ertz would probably be the only. Yeah, see, that's the. That's who do you pick part. from the Eagles? Though? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna ride with Jordan Matthews. Try Jordan Matthews. Well, I Nelson think in either Aguilar. one of those. Well, in either one of those rosters, though, you're just you'll play Reed. I mean, it's fine. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, just yeah. because you're 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 stacking these rosters up doesn't necessarily mean you got to make bad plays. As you mentioned, Alex Gelhar, uh, Jordan Reed's been a, a very very strong play, especially in these um, especially in these leagues where where PPR is uh, relatively the standard format. Uh, for either tournament or non-tournament, but uh, but man, I tell you, I love that I love that uh, Washington Philly game. It's not bad. It's a good. It's a good. Which you should all watch on NFL Network, by the way, on Saturday. On Saturday, oh, only place you can how get good it. Of you. Boom, Saturday. Sorry, I, I heard Saturday, the steps of shadowy Saturday. league figures. We were talking about that game so much and didn't mention that it was on NFL Network. NFL Network, eight twenty-five Eastern. Eastern. NFL Network East uh, should be a good game. There's a lot at stake. Sam Bradford's actually been playing a lot better. I'm not going to play him in DFS or regular fantasy, right. but I actually don't think he's a bad play. Wow! Um, again, being contrarian, going for like a low value quarterback that opens up a lot of other stuff for you. I mean, I know he's pretty bad, at <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, like, yeah, no, it, it offers you a lot. But the problem is, like, there's like not a lot of tournaments available where that where those games are on the slate. Right. Same with the Thursday game. So going back to Sunday, though, like you said, I do love the I do love Blake Bortles in this, but he's going to be super super popular. How about in another game that could turn into a shootout? Uh, New England versus New York. I I love that. I was just about to ask you: Is Tom Brady a contrarian play? See, I he's tough to like tough to get a beat in. on this week. But the good thing about him, though, is is we talk about stacking. Sometimes it's good to play the quarterback, as they call, naked in the DFS. In <laughs> when you series, don't pair him with like... a player. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a, th- I have a thought. Okay. What okay. about a Tom Brady, James White stack? That's because Amendola is injured. Edelman probably won't play till week seventeen. Yeah. D- all right, James White's filling that Deion Lewis role the best he can. Could run a lot of those short intermediate routes, get Love all those it. passes, some red zone targets. Love it. Just throw it out there. I I I'm cool with that. Again, just know what's what. Where you're playing, like some sites are PPR, some are right. not. So just make sure you that and and he's obviously got a bigger, like a higher floor on on, on PPR. PPR. I, I mean, I totally. feel like I feel like the thing with Tom Brady is that the Tom Brady we have seen probably the back half of this season yeah. was it has almost been like 
early career Tom Brady in the sense that he's Game winning manager. games. Yep. Yeah. And but from a fantasy perspective, he's not giving you a lot. I mean, I think he's been right around 18, 19 points most of these weeks. 18 points the last two weeks. Right. I mean, so he's been right around there. Right. Which and obviously look, the Patriots are winning. He's playing good quality football on the field. But in terms of a, a fantasy quarterback, I think there are a lot better options out there. That's right why now. I like that guy on the other side of the ball in that one too. Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah. Okay. Fitzpatrick's great too because he has that's a super highly concentrated passing offense. It really only flows through two guys, Decker and Marshall. Yeah. Again, that's that's a really good offense to see. Which stay. and like the last time they played uh in week seven, Fitzpatrick still put over twenty fantasy points, but neither Decker nor Marshall had a touchdown. It was kind of an outlier game. Mm. Chris Ivory caught one and Jeremy Curley caught the other. But as we've seen recently, like those those two are dominating that passing attack. There's a good chance, especially with how important this game is for the Jets and with their offense running through the pass more, like Bilal Powell's been fa- out snapping and out touching Chris Ivory lately. Right. Could be a good game for Ryan Fitzpatrick at well as well. And he's a, a better value than than uh, guys like Brady or Cam or Big Ben. All right, so let's throw valuation out. Uh, I want to know from you gentlemen, who do you see as the highest scoring quarterback, period, this week? Ooh. I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger okay. um, against that Ravens defense. I mean, one, that offense is just clicking like we haven't seen in a while. Uh, I mean, everybody's getting involved. Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Marcus Wheaton, um, and they get to face arguably the worst secondary in the NFL right now. I think Roethlisberger might drop five or six touchdowns this week. It might be very true, and it seems as if that Pittsburgh offense doesn't know what to do except pass. I mean, really, it's it's a little bit like Jacksonville. Blake Bortles, I mean, especially with a banged up, uh, two banged up running backs, I, I don't think they know what to do other than throw the rock, honestly. D'Angelo's been playing great, but the Baltimore run defense is great. I, I, I think I have Roethlisberger number one on my rankings, and I think I'd peg him as the highest scoring. Harmon? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty chalky to say Cam Newton. Um, I think that this game – between Carolina and Atlanta is going to be a lot closer this time around Agreed. than it was last time. Um, also, you know, just because it is in Atlanta, um, the Falcons kind of, sort of, for them, found a groove last week against Jacksonville. I also think a little bit of hashtag narrative street here. The the <laughs> Panthers, I honestly expect. I know I came out seething about this in the living room last night, Gil. Yeah, you were on uh, fire. I was I was upset. Um, but uh, I think that the Panthers are, are going to come in a little flat in this game. They're going to be distracted by what's gone on in the media with all the Beckham and Norman and stuff this week. bats and everything. And so I think that the Falcons can come out and score a couple points, which is good for Cam because last time, I mean, he was, he's was he been the highest scoring quarterback three of the last five weeks. One of them was not in the Atlanta game because they got out to such an early lead. Right. Would it be okay, by the way, if the Panthers came out with like a Nerf bat? <laughs> or, or, or say a, like straight up no or a, Yeah, it's like all. no four or a whiffle, oh, no four Like a, a wiffle bat or something like that. That's not cool. That's a lot of foreign right. objects. Now, I have one more question to throw right. before we move on from quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Who's making a Zach Mettenberger lineup? No. Come on. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right. That <laughs> um, was for jokes. I, I will say this. I think there's an it, it, there's an interesting um, – it's very top-heavy at quarterback this week. Big Ben's got a great matchup. Cam Newton has not been able to be stopped. Blake Bortles has an unreal matchup. And Russell Wilson, too, man. Uh, Russell Wilson also has been mm-hmm. uh, on fire as of late. I think Tom Brady versus the Jets. The Jets secondary extremely overrated at this point in the season. Well, Revis has come back, and that helped, though. They were getting they were getting hosed when Revis. Yeah, wasn't but it in. helped against Kellen Moore. Well, still he played the game before, and that helped a little bit too. If a I'm little, not mistaken, I, I just think the secondary has been extremely overrated. Uh, in the early part of the season, they were just. I mean, it was like you know trying to throw against brick walls. But yeah. uh, I think it's been a lot more pliable as of late. Uh, and Tom Brady gets up for this game, man. He really does. Um, and I do believe. And as you mentioned, the Jets can score some points too. Uh, the New England defense is nothing to write. This game's going to be fascinating. I love, I do I love think, that game. Yeah, this I like it a lot. I can't wait to watch it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be very, very top-heavy. I really, truly, honestly, like 95% of uh, non-tournament uh, leagues will have Big Ben, Cam, Russ, or Tom Brady, right? Or And Blake Bortles. Yeah. But uh, So there you go. All right, let's go to the, the, uh, the running back position. Favorite play there, Matt Harmon? This is tough this week because – well, you mentioned it's a top heavy week at quarterback, and this is kind of that kind of makes me want to at least in one of my running back spots 
go down to one of these backup guys. Like, there's Kristen Michael out there, and like, oh, I'm so ready to buy in on Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> I have highlighted. So oh, I mean, the truthers <laughs> are coming out. And like, I'm not even a full blown truther, but the guy might. And that's the thing. Like, do not play him in a non-tournament lineup. He's only a tournament play for me, which is tough because he's such a value. I want to play him. It's in a good matchup. The the Rams defense has really fallen apart. It's in Seattle. When right. you're looking at running back plays, too, you want to focus on home teams and teams that are projected to win. Right. Um, because there's just a strong correlation to that. All right. So throw out a pick. Okay. So I'm not going to go with it. I'm not going to go with a value running back here. I'm going to go with D'Angelo Williams, actually. Um He's just one of the safest plays around right now. Yeah. Um, he's never as highly owned as he should be, and I think people are going to, rightly so, are going to be all over, you know, the Roethlisbergers, the Bryants, the Browns. Sure. Because of the, the passing game matchup. But one thing that we've seen with Williams, we saw this in the Seattle game, we saw it in the Denver game. Because that offense is so freaking good, he gets so many scoring opportunities, he gets receptions out of the backfield. Right. Just, he, like, he's – the last two weeks is he's been the only running back to touch the ball in Pittsburgh, and that's just that's a really safe thing. So again, he's he's more of a non. I you can play him in tournaments too, but I think he's a non-tournament play too because he's so safe. He's got a great volume and he's going to score. Marcus, uh, you know I'm I'm kind of on on Harmon's wavelength here about not going value, and I'm looking at David Johnson just because <laughs> he does so many different things. I mean, you talk about a home team, love it that that could win there, and especially in a game that. Could be high scoring, but also could be fairly close. I expect one, you know, Johnson should catch some passes, which will help in any of the PPR format. Also, that they could lean on him to try and close that game out if they need to. And, and right. just watching him on the field, we all know he's just this freakish combination of speed, size, and power. The, um, the only worry with him is that after that performance he put in a primetime game, he's going to be in, like, every... That's probably it. That's, that's the only downside, really. That's, that's a downside, too. But, you know, I, I looked at the... I mean, we all know. We, we do rankings. Like, you look at the the the, uh, the running back matchups this week. It's wrong. And I want, I want to punch myself. It's just myself. wrong. I want to punch myself <laughs> in the face. So, I mean, this is one that I sure. feel like you can plug in and you can at least feel confident that you're going to get some production there. Okay. Right. What and about... Like, Harmon, what's that real quick? Like, the, the with guys like this, because there's also the case where you want to go away, but you also don't want to miss out on the scoring bonanza, right? Right, yeah. In some lineups. Like, last week, Johnson was really high-owned because he was more of a value last week than he was this week. He's actually jumped up 11% uh, this week, so... Whew. That's but he's but the ownership percentage is going to go up with that because right. he just was scored forty something points. points last week. Yeah, so it's a tough thing. I wouldn't go like last week. I went almost full David Johnson. I wouldn't go full David Johnson tournament. Th- tournament but you want to get week. some, yeah. But you want to get some, and if you go with Johnson, then you need that's the onus is on you to then go contrarian in some other spots. So it's it's that again. That's the fun challenge of DFS is like you can make multiple lineups and you can play with the puzzle in different ways. All right, I've got some value ones here, since which worked out well since you guys went the opposite direction. There you go. One of them, and it pains me to talk about him, but Rashad Jennings. I thought it was David going to be David Cobb. No, shut up. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Rashad Jennings has 38 carries, actually, the last two weeks. He's averaged over 20 touches a game. Okay. Uh, he's – where were my notes on this? Oh, my God. All right, so the Minnesota defense, like the run defense, like people think it's a great defense on paper. They're – Probably going to get back Linval Joseph and Anthony Barr this week, but they're still not 100%. Regardless, they've allowed 4.2 yards per carry and over 120 yards per game through their last five games. Uh, and they've allowed 10-plus fantasy points to the running back position in all of those games as well. So Jennings in this offense that now is going to be Sands. Odell Beckham might focus on the run a little bit more, pound the rock, you know, slow the game down. I think if you're looking, especially in non-PPR sites, is where he is a better value because he also has that touchdown upside. And assuming... Pray to the fantasy gods they don't try to run Andre Williams from the one yard line. Uh, <laughs> Rashad Jennings, I think, is a decent decent play. Yeah, he's. Cool. I actually do like I do like that play this week. I mean, I think he's he's been better and he's been getting a larger share there. I I, I think that's a good play. And now uh, one more quick while I'm talking values, please. Just look even farther down. Mike Gillisley in Buffalo. Dude. That's gonna be it's gonna be a committee between total, him and Williams. Total diciness, if, but I love if it. Sean. Uh, LaShawn's not there, but especially if we're talking tournaments, he's a yeah. value. You can get b- some bigger pieces in there. He's got the he's got the big play upside, and I actually I'm being the ultimate company man here. 
uh, per next gen stats. Yeah. Carlos, Carlos, Carlos Williams, uh, in his first game back from injury, only reached a top speed of 15.3 miles per hour. Not good. Gillisley, obviously, it was on his big touchdowns, but crossed right. the 21 mark. So he's the more explosive back. He's got the higher touchdown upside. And Williams just doesn't look the same as he's nursing that shoulder injury right now. So carries, carries could get split down the middle. But if you're looking for a guy that could return more value and allow you to get some bigger pieces into your lineup, I think Gillisley's the way to go. Yeah, Gillisley's interesting. Uh, I'll give you one. I think Charkandrick West against Cleveland. Um, you know, he's kind of that mid-value guy. Uh, I, I really, really like the matchup. Uh, Casey, we talk about uh, teams playing at home. Casey playing at home. Andy Reid has just done a great job of coaching up running backs. And Charkandrick West, to me, um, I know the, the specter of Spencer Ware looms large, but I just think Charkandrick West is a, is a very good play, strong play here, and you don't have to break the bank necessarily uh, to go get a guy like that. We talked about James White a little bit, but, man, James White, too, uh, given the valuation that he has um, in PPR formats, I, gosh, it's going to be hard to go. For me, it's going to be hard to go away from James White. I like Bilal Powell, too. I was going to say, dude, I'm all about Bilal Powell. I like Bilal Powell, too. Even in non-PPR? Yeah, well, because he's getting scoring opportunities. He's true. playing red zone snaps. I mean, Chris Ivory just doesn't look good right now. Pains me. Yeah, I know. It stinks. Um, <laughs> but also, like, we talked about game script and game flow and game script is super important to these DFS matchups. Super big. Yeah, because you got to project whether it's going to be a you know run heavy script or pass heavy script. I think like we've mentioned, this New England and Green, uh, New England and and uh, Green, New, uh, New, New York. York. Yeah. They do wear. Uh, green. They do wear green. Yes. Um. So that could easily turn into a shootout, which is a total Bilal pal game script. I won't be surprised if he plays like at least sixty percent of the snaps. I can't remember what it was last week, but I would be surprised if it's not even skewed more heavily to Powell. All right, so we, we talked, I know, Christian Michael. How do you guys feel about Cameron Ernest Payne? Ooh. Um, you know, again, if you go by game script, if Carolina just jumped down to a huge lead, uh, they may want to, you know, uh, salt away that uh, big lead. They've had a, a nasty uh, habit of letting teams back in, though. So it's it's interesting uh, to me. Cameron Ernest Payne was a very effective back, especially in college. Um I just I thought it was a weird pick, quite honestly, for for yeah. Carolina because I thought his skill set did not really jive with what Carolina likes to do, which is that you know real power run game. And uh, Cameron's paint to me wasn't that guy at Auburn. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, I could see that uh, as a pretty solid play. 90, 90 plus total yards. Yeah. Uh, in a situation where he had to split carries, it's not bad. Here's one that nobody mentioned that, that I love, and it's this is so vomit-inducing. Uh, Uh-oh, here we go. Alfred Blue. <laughs> Why? What's no, it's, okay. it's not a bad pick. Uh, no, that's but it's not makes... the Alfred I thought you were coming up with, but okay. Alfred Morris? What, Gross. What, are you crazy? I'm not that crazy. Uh, okay, why well, here, real quick, before, Alfred Blue? Before your blue tangent, but, uh, just to finish our point on the Ivory Bilal Powell thing, yeah. since Powell came back from injury in Week 11, he's had six touches in the red zone, 48 yards, two touchdowns. Ivory, eight touches, 10 yards, no scores. Wow. So he's getting those uh, almost the same amount of opportunities, and he's been right. far more effective with them. So, Harmon, take the floor. Alfred Blue. So we know that Blue had one game with just four touches, and the next game he didn't play a snap. And we were all like, oh, hooray, the witch is dead, because nobody likes Alfred Blue because he's not that good. No. Um, we wanted wow. to see, we wanted to see Chris Polk and Jonathan Grimes. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure people like I'm sure he's a good dude. I, I would love to hang out with Alfred Blue. I like everybody. Um, nah, that's not true. Um, but so, like, but then Bill O'Brien came out right after that zero snap game and was like, "This was just because of an injury. Blue is still our guy. We're not really messing around with Chris Polk." And he was actually telling the truth because he came out and had 20 carries the next game against the Colts. Went over 100 yards. And I don't see any reason why the Texans won't be on that same game script against the Titans and Zach Mettenberger, who is terrible. Um, they should jump out to a lead. That means Blue will, again, probably approach 20 carries against a defense that allows the eighth most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks. Can I ask you a question? Why is it necessarily true that Houston will jump out to a big lead against Tennessee? Because Who is Houston's quarterback? But it Brandon Weeden. <laughs> it's Brandon Weeden, but Brandon Weeden actually What's has it's guys to work with. It's going to be such a gross game. I know, but that in, in Houston-Tennessee. And in gross games, sometimes weird things can happen, but oftentimes it just means that it's going to be a defense and running back heavy game. Can so I, I just can I just say this? I can't get behind 
any player in the Houston Tennessee game, and let me explain why. It has nothing to do with stats. I don't want to watch that game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. There's your anal- That's the analysis you come here for, guys. I mean, here's the thing. Fantasy is about fun, is it not? I mean, like, let me watch a good yeah. game and then also be invested in other reasons, fantasy I w- purposes. I would watch that game. I don't want to watch oh, you Houston. There, no, are, you there are interesting stop. players. I would want to watch Nuke. Don't. I would want to watch DGB. Don't be a hip. Stop. I want to see if Delaney Walker <laughs> catches another tipped pass for a touchdown. But that that run, that catch and run he had, uh, who oh, was that? that? Was sick. Who I, was that poor guy? Oh, Patrick Chung. Yeah. Oh, oh my tru- gosh. No, he yeah. trucked Chung, and then he threw somebody else down. Too, no, but Chung, not only did he tr- – I mean, he Earl Campbell Chung, and and Chung got hurt. Well, by his own guy, because his own guy was coming in for the tackle and, like, got his helmet in his head. Hey, Walker listen, has been such a – Narrative street, here. buddy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He got hurt. He got, he got hurt. hurt after happened. he got trucked. Happened. Did it happen? It he happened. got trucked, and then he got hurt. That's the narrative uh, I like to go with. All right, I got another guy to throw out real, real quick, too. Okay, go ahead. Not a sexy name either. But Tim Hightower is a good one. I think is a decent play, especially in non. But only if Breeze plays. Well, hold yeah. on. You were you were making your face, but the 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 reason is he's like a volume play. It's not a great one. But even in a game on Monday night where they were down early and it was pass heavy, he still saw seventy six percent of the touches. But again, what about what happens if Matt Flynn plays? Then they might try to establish the run earlier. Well, I guess Jacksonville's kind of got a sneaky underrated de- run defense, but so did Detroit, and he still put up a decent num- stat line against them. Would have scored. Um, he had, he scored like three times, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he got in the end zone three times. Right. I think that's accurate to say. So yeah, I mean, like the thing is, I was I was worried about him last week because Detroit had actually been really good against the run. Sure, that yeah. Todd Gurley game, notwithstanding, yeah, yeah. but it's not the sexiest play. But if you're looking for value, I wouldn't play him in a tournament, but I, I like other formats for sure. I'm, I'm okay with that because he's going to get volume. All yeah. right, let's go to the uh, wide receiver position here. Give me a favorite play, Alex Gilhar. Oh, geez, I haven't even flipped my pages. Oh, yet. my bad. No, it's okay. Uh, let me get there. It's a lot of crappy running backs. There are. I had to through. scroll through a lot. So, <laughs> many, so many bad running backs. Uh, let's see. Who do I like this week? Uh, why don't we just start with Martavis Bryant? Okay. Yeah. We were, we're talking about that game. Uh, we've talked about the Pittsburgh offense a lot. Yeah. Martavis has been kind of quiet the last few weeks, too. So, I don't know. Narrative Street, he's ready to explode, whatever you want to think about it. Bad secondary, great offense. He's a freak of nature. I just think everything's combined for him to have one of those games where it's like a 20-point, you know, 140-yard, three-catch, two-touchdown thrashing. Right? It could. I could see it. I could absolutely see it. And, and obviously, Antonio Brown, just a strong play in non-tournament formats, uh, especially in that PPR situation where, you know, the guy could get another 10, 15, 20 catches. <laughs> it just, it's, if you played him last week, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. He, had, he put up a 50 spot. It was yeah. not. In uh, in certain DFS lineups, man. I'm like, 50? 50. 5 0. <laughs> and he was not highly owned either. Under, I'm pretty sure he was under 10% because of the matchup. Because of the Oof. matchup, that Denver matchup. Yeah, man. Um, all right. He's like he's playing at a Hall of Fame level right now. He like, is. Unreal. It, it seems like Twitter wants to change whoever the best receiver in the league is every week, but it's Antonio Brown. It's not a question to me. It's been for the last couple of years, too, I think. He's like the – I mean, he is the pinnacle of wide receiver play, which is so cool that he's like not – He's like 5'10", uh, I, yeah, isn't he? He's not a super yeah, athletic he's like guy. 5'10", 5'11". Remember a few school. years ago when Mike Wallace left Pittsburgh, people were like, can Antonio Brown be a Still that one role? receiver? That's so, <laughs> that is so cute thinking about that now. I know. It is. Can he really fill that role with Mike Wallace? And it was great, too, because Pittsburgh wanted to give the contract to Wallace, and then when he was like, nah, man, I want more money, they're like, we'll just give the same one to Brown. And he took it. Yeah. Crushed it. And, and from everything we could tell, too, Antonio Brown seems like a pretty cool dude. Yeah. Um, I, You know, t- Harmon, we could discuss this all day, but, I, you know, there's at least a conversation as to who is the best because Antonio Brown's got Ben Roethlisberger, man. Like, DeAndre Hopkins has dealt with yeah. just garbage. I, I agree. I mean, I, no, I think it's worth a conversation, but I think Brown is just doing things right now that nobody else is doing. And I get it that he has the quarterback, and that helps his numbers and all that. And a running game, and a second wide for receiver. Sure. For sure. I mean, it, he's in a, just a great offense. I but. think we've seen Hopkins, though, like make some like mis- I, I like mistakes of late. Like that Monday night game against the Bengals, there were a few drops and miscues. Again, we're picking nits and all that. Sure. But, but Brown, like, you know, you talk about, like, reception perception. He just broke – the mold last year. <laughs> like, all, you know, all like right. his success rate against zone coverage was, it was like 10 points higher than everybody else, almost. Also, like, so, think think about it. You mentioned the mistakes. When's the last time, I can't remember the last time I saw, like, Antonio Brown have, like, a bad drop or something right. like that. I got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite wide receiver play, Mark Scrant. 
Uh, looking, I mean, I, I looked at Marcus Wheaton. I think that's kind of one of a deeper, you know, sort of uh, a tournament play there. But right above that, okay, I, Tyler Lockett, I think, you know, is, is – has been just as hot as Doug Baldwin. He's sure. kind of gotten a lot of the Baldwin's gotten a lot of the attention for what he's done. I mean, right. when you're when you're doing things that have only also been done by Jerry Rice, you are bound to get a lot of attention. But right. Tyler Lockett has been right on his heels as long as Russell Wilson has been hot. And I think as Baldwin starts to draw more attention, then Lockett starts to open up a little bit more. And now he's going to be a guy who isn't, you know, He's not going to put up a 10-catch game for you more than likely, but right. he can get you five or six catches, can put up you know 90 yards and end up in the end zone one time. And so he – and it allows you – a little more roster flexibility. You're not going to, you know, use a lot of your resources on Tyler Lockett, so you can possibly go big somewhere else in your lineup. How about it, Matt Harmon? Yeah, my guy is a guy who came through for me last week, and I think he's in another really good spot, and that's Golden Tate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he scored two touchdowns last week. I don't think people have really realized how big of a change his season has undergone since Jim Bob Cooter took over as the offensive coordinator. Please explain. Which, which I think was around week eight, right? It, he took over, uh, I think it was nine, uh, nine. Yeah, and then they had nine, the bye yeah. ten. They still okay. got boat raced in week nine, right. and then they came back from the bye, and that's when it really picked up. Okay, well, so since week ten or since week eight, Golden Tate has 12 red zone targets, which is 40% of the team, wow. and he scored five red zone touchdowns and caught 83% of his passes inside the 20-yard line. That is outrageous usage for a guy who is, you know, a smaller receiver. Right. But they love just – Giving him that quick flat route or the screen mm-hmm. in the red zone, it's really – and, like, Matt Stafford's red zone passing numbers have been outrageous this year simply because of Golden Tate. And so you talk about a guy – and he also, since that time, has the same exact amount of targets as Calvin Johnson, who we all know has been a big letdown. Um, Tate is still super, super undervalued. Um, he's a guy that you can get in and you can fit a ton of studs around him, but you're getting basically, like – uh, you know, a, a huge percentage chance of a touchdown, which is key, again, in tournaments and in cash. I mean, sorry. In, oh, whatever. Uh, so in non-tournament, uh, non-tournament games, uh, you can get a guy who's got a good amount of volume as well. So he really checks all the boxes. I, I really like Golden Tate th- this week and probably going forward. Well, Detroit taking on San Francisco, the matchup. Exactly. Very, that's very favorable. Icing on the cake there. And, and Detroit, again, one of those teams that, can't run the ball effectively, and, and when they get around the the end zone, they don't know what to do other than throw the ball. Golden Tate uh, almost becomes like a, I don't know, almost like a de facto passing down back kind of uh, you know possessional dude Pretty that much. they uh, like an extended handoff is is the the phrase yep. I'm looking for. Yep. Um, but can I make one counter argument to that? Sure. This is the thing. Sometimes when guys like Calvin Johnson uh, and a, a lot has been made of the decline of Calvin Johnson. But last week we saw him with what? One target, one, one target. catch? Yep. One target, one catch. That tends to sometimes overcorrect itself sometimes. Um, and I would be surprised if we don't see a heavy, heavy dosage of Calvin Johnson uh, in this in this game against San Francisco because, quite honestly, San Francisco is playing for nothing, their defense is trash, and Calvin Johnson is still a beast. Um, so... Yeah, Golden Tate. You're right. He's getting a lot of looks in the red zone. I, I, not that I don't, I don't, I, I like the play, of course. But I think Calvin Johnson, I think, is going to be prime for a bounce back game. That's a good um, contrarian well. play because he's going to be super low owned. Because I agree. Huge letdown last week. Same thing with like Aaron Rodgers as well. Like these are guys that bounced people out of their season long leagues, and now they're going to come play DFS, and they're going to. Right, stay away from them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do like Calvin Johnson a lot uh, just for that uh, fact that you mentioned. It's, I think it's going to be a pretty solid contrarian play. Um, I'll also throw out Jeremy Macklin. Uh, Casey taking on Cleveland. Uh, I know I'm picking on Cleveland a lot, but there's even, a reason uh, for that. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> else, though, the actual football teams do, so that's why you're doing it. But Macklin, a, a super high-quality wide receiver. I know not everybody was convinced that Macklin moving to KC would be you know, a good fit, but the bottom line is super talented dude. Cleveland missing both of their starting corners. Joe Hayden gone. Uh, I guess Gilbert wasn't too great, but who cares? Whatever he's gone to. Um, 
And, and Cleveland uh, is just not good against the pass. And, and I, I could see KC, Jeremy Macklin, uh, getting out there. He's got at least two touchdown potential. Is he going to get there? Maybe not. Uh, but I tell you, he's got, I mean, obviously, it's we talk about low-volume passing attacks. KC can be that as well. But Jeremy Macklin in a favorable matchup at home against Cleveland. He owns a massive, tar- yeah. uh, massive share of that target pool, at least. So if you're going to grab anybody from that, uh, he's the way to go. All right. Any other wide receiver plays you we want to talk plenty. about there? We yeah. didn't, we didn't yeah. talk about one of your favorite ones of the week. Who's that? Revenge. Oh, my gosh. Deshaun Jackson. Now, granted, you have to be in the oh, right type of yes. game because it's a Saturday game. Sure. But, but D-Jax, man, John Brown almost blew the yeah. lid off that Eagle secondary. He dropped what would have been a long a touchdown on the first, oh, my. first How play. How many touchdowns did he drop? He, he dropped, dropped at least two. two. At least two. I, at least and two. I threw up Craziness. twice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Deshaun Jackson has been clicking with Kirk Cousins. They've yep. got the deep threat going. The Eagles secondary just like keeps getting banged up. Uh, revenge, primetime, whatever narratives you want to throw in. Well, think- he's got a good history against Philadelphia last year. He yeah. balled out last year in two games against them. And he's still a pretty huge value because it hasn't like overcorrected yet because he missed so many games. And right. he started off slowly when he came back. So he's not, I mean, not a huge value, but he's, he's a good pretty one. Pretty darn good and value, He's still though. heated about that stuff, too. Like he Oh, said yeah. That, he said this week, he's like, I don't care who's covering me. I'm he doesn't, he doesn't let anything go. Yeah. He does not let anything go. He seems like the type of fellow who who takes some things personally. Yeah, he a does. little bit. Um, talking about guys that the the sites have not corrected to yet. It's okay. Two Arizona receivers, John Brown and Michael Floyd. Heck yeah. Larry Fitzgerald is still is so overvalued. He's he's you know worth more than both of them right now, which is just it's it that's ridiculous. Like he's pretty much just strictly a slot receiver. His average depth of target over the last five weeks is six and a half yards. That's like he's basically I know Rich Rebar from the fake football and Roto World described him as uh, Arizona's version of Golden Tate, which is <laughs> that's pretty gross considering how his season started. <laughs> Floyd and Brown are both more are bigger values and they have more upside because they they get those deep down the field targets. And that Packers and Cardinals game, I think it's going to turn into a shootout. Um, and so I think that you get you get both of those guys in a tournament. And, you know, they're easy to stack with Carson Palmer. Uh, I love both of those guys this week. Too. Well, I think the thing about Fitzgerald is that he he does get a lot of catches, you know. They just don't, they don't go anywhere. They don't go anywhere. I mean, so if, if you are fine with the 10 catch for a 75-yard game, then Larry Fitzgerald is your guy. And that's like his upside. Like, yeah, that's like a high-end that, game. That's like the best you're hoping for. He had three for 43 last week. The week before that, I know he had some, like, you know, vomited missing um, number. <laughs> so, and, and in defense of those those guys too, is Sam Shields, the Packers' top cornerback, suffered a concussion two weeks ago. He's still. I just was pulling up the injury report. He hasn't practiced yet, and he is both like their fastest and best cornerback. Yeah, so good. that's he's gonna really good. that's gonna set up Sam, uh, John Brown nicely because the guys probably aren't gonna be able to hang with him step for step speed wise. And we just watched Amari Cooper last week body their rookie yeah. cornerbacks. The Packers rookie cornerbacks have been playing all right this year, but like against a good receiver and Michael Floyd could just push them around all game. Yeah, I, th- I, I see this as a Michael Floyd game. You know, the way that they, they, they call plays in Arizona, a lot of deep shots, and then when they get close, now they've got this reliable battering ram in, in, in David Johnson. It's a big reason why, you know, we're I'm, I'm very concerned with uh, Larry Fitzgerald. But the thing about Larry, man, you know, and, and I know you've talked about this, Mark, such a wildly veteran, such a wildly veteran. If he can catch one of those balls, break a tackle, and go, I mean, that is the way he's going to score. But traditional ways of scoring for a wide receiver, either deep down the field or, or a fade route close by, I don't think those opportunities will be there for him only because, again, uh, what we've seen from Arizona over the last few weeks, again, they're either going to score on, on a deep shot or if they get close, it's David Johnson time, baby. All right. Yeah. John Brown leads the team in red zone targets since uh, week 11, which is when we kind of pointed to when those receivers, those two got healthy and Fitzgerald's role started to change. I got at least one more to throw out here. Please. Uh, and Harmon and I talked about him a little bit. I was looking at this, and I kind of liked him as a sneaky play, and I know he's going to be in, spoiler alert, Harmon's uh, Secret Sleepers article later this week, but Doriel Green-Beckham is a decent play with, with Mettenberger at the helm this week. Last week they connected on five of their seven targets for, I think, 94 yards. 
And Mettenberger, like I said, he's not the greatest quarterback, but one thing he's not is afraid to throw no. that football down there <laughs> yeah. or to, to throw it to a guy that's mostly covered. And DGB has the size and athleticism. And we saw it a couple times. He out-jumped guys. He beat him on the back shoulder. So this is a game I don't think where... he out-jumped anyone. He just stood there. <laughs> he doesn't really he's a mammoth. He doesn't have to jump. But He's a giant. So he was pretty efficient on his targets for Mettenberger. Mettenberg's yeah. not going to be af- afraid to sling the rock to him. And I right. think Kendall Wright's still going to be out. So the tar- practice uh, earlier this right. Week. The targets are probably going to funnel to DGB and Delaney Walker. You talk about targets. The last four weeks, uh, DGB's targets have gone five, six, seven, and nine. So that's a trend. Steady, it's a trend. It's a trend. It's a steady increase, trending upward. And yeah, it it is trending upward. The one thing I do like him. Uh, he's a really good value, of course. The one thing that does make me concerned again. We talked about that team being that. That's really not a game where you want to pick a lot of DFS no. players from because it could be super ugly and low scoring, like James said. And also, Jonathan Joseph has been a really good corner this yeah, year. Been. So if he sees a lot of him, that could be kind of trouble. Yeah, it's not one that I want to put in every lineup. But if you're but looking worth, for somebody, yeah. like you're trying to fill that last spot in a lineup, and you're like, man, I don't have a lot of space left. DGB can I, can I ask though. you guys? You know, I don't. Um, I, I play daily. Every single week, I do play daily, and I set maybe two rosters. But um, I, I'm curious. I know you guys are deep into it. How many rosters do you guys set? No comment. No comment. <laughs> Can we abstain? We'll talk about this offline. All I know is in the stronghold, uh, you know, they will put together some lineups. And then, you know, we have we have duties to attend to on Sunday morning. We have sure. to you know, go through the list of inactives. And then once that's done, after we spend the 10 or 15 minutes it takes to do that, yeah. uh, the next hour, you know, they may or may not be setting more lineups. There's a lot of free time. Well, and also Sunday you might see somebody's out. You might get another nugget. You might be like, oh, I, I want to do this combination. So, Oh, on Saturday, especially when I'm in here by myself, I don't have a lot else to do. But, but, but chart, <laughs> the chart, the chart wide receivers and make DFS lineups, and I'm listening to a lot of podcasts too, and sometimes somebody I respect will say something like, oh, God, i got to go make one and get that. Which, uh, real quick, I want to say, because we don't do this often, so like I said, if guys uh, get you know their appetite is wet for DFS, some good ones to listen to. Uh, I like the DFS MVP. It's the uh, 4 for 4s podcast with Chris Raybon and TJ Hernandez. Uh, Rummy and Ray Pod, they talk a lot of DFS as well. That's a good one to They're listen to. They're closing Chop Tune. Right. I mean, I think they only have like two episodes left, yeah, but, but they, they should have one for this week. What, what else do you listen to, Harmon? Uh, I listen to the DFS Edge. With That's a good one. Adam Levitan and some of the other guys like um, outside. And Peter Jennings, right? Peter Is on that one too? Yep, it's a good yeah, one. Yeah. That's a good one to listen to. Um, Evan Silva does the Feast podcast with Ross Tucker. Uh, they have an AFC and NFC one. That's a good. He hmm. that's not like specifically DFS focused. He's got a lot of good nuggets in there. That but you a can lot use. of that, yeah, like Evan plays a lot of DFS, so that's a good one too. Um, um, is it fair to say both of you gentlemen set double digit rosters? Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, listen. That's but again, that's the fun part about DFS is because like in a season, and I love season long fantasy because you get to commit to these guys and like, absolutely right. Win, they're they're your boys. Yeah. Like when I beat <laughs> when I beat franchise oh, in, in, in our producers right writers league, it's oh gonna be great because gosh. it's like me and all these guys that you got to this champion. You and Joyke Bell, who you and, just picked up. Yeah. Me and Kristen <laughs> Michael and Allen Robinson and all my homies and like we're gonna win this championship together. That's great. But it, for DFS, like you get to really get your exposure to all these guys, and, and again, you can make so many different combinations. Like a lot of times, I'm sitting there like I want to make a stack of all these Steelers guys. That's great, but I couldn't get David Johnson to that lineup, so then I got to make another one. And right. And then when we're watching all these games on Sunday, I might be like, man, I'm going to watch this game. Like I'll, I'll throw this guy in and stuff yeah. too. And like the you Monday said, you're night with- games. That's the most fun. Is like last week was great because there were so many DFS like lineups that had. Uh, Tate, you know, Stafford, Cooks, Cooks. Like, it was a big yeah. shootout. So then you're watching on Monday night and you just <laughs> do it right in the tilt there. So <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I, listening to him talk about this, I feel like Harmon grew up with a lot of Lego play sets. Oh, dude, I played with so many Legos. <laughs> Look at that. Like, Look at that. So Look many. at that. I nailed it. I had, an out, I had an outrageous amount of Legos. Did you? And I played with them till I was like pretty old, too. Like, oh, yeah. My parents like had to sit me down and be like, so like 22? Grow up. 22. He's only 21 now. No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm 24. I'm pretty sure it was in middle school. Actually, one of my friends and I took like all of my Legos and we built like a huge replica of Helm's Deep from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it was awesome. I, I'm just going to say, but it was still in like middle school. And then we were like, maybe we should go talk to some yeah. girls. Man. I think I think the moment I stopped playing with Legos was I had built the um, one of those like clone trooper drop ships. Yeah, from yeah. Episode two of Star Wars. And I left it, I and mean, it took me hours, and I left it over at my friend's house, and he 
was like wrestling with his dog and knocked <laughs> it off the coffee coffee table and broke it. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I can't. It's like when you get your heart broken like for real. And you're like, I can't, like, <laughs> I can't, I can't, can't go can't back. Do this. I can't, I can't do it again. I, can't I have go to back. take a break. Um, my right. takeaways from from this conversation. <laughs> There's a lot of takeaways. <laughs> no, but my takeaways. What a tangent, is, by the way. What this this is my takeaways. The fact that you talk about Attack of the Clones or Return of the what what is that? Atta- it was Attack of the Clones. Attack of the worst. The worst of Just those. Just stop movies. for a second. Sorry. Attack of the Clones, and you said Lord of the Rings in middle school. I was in college for those. Well, look, I read the Lord of the Rings books before oh my then. Gosh. I think you it was guys are school. all super old. Uh, my life is like ahead of me. I'm so. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> you guys are just looking in the rearview right. mirror. We're running a little long here, so Marcus, oh, any other wide receivers want to throw in? Uh, no, we can we can move it along. Right. Is there, I, I just very quickly we'll go around the horn. Favorite tight end plays, Matt Harmon. Oh, uh, um, I really don't think that this is a week to get too cute at tight end. Um, Jordan Reed, if you if you're on one of the Saturday slates, is great. Zach yep. Miller um, from Chicago. I don't think people have really given enough credence to how well he's playing, he's playing and really also well. like he's basically the number two target there. Yeah. Right. And if Alshon sits on Sunday, which he might, we never really know with the Bears with injuries. Right. He's gonna get probably double digit targets. We saw on Thanksgiving sure. he scored. You know, I think that I think he is an elite tournament play if. You can get him in there. I also like Ben Watson, who, again, I don't think people have given enough credence to how well he's playing. He's going to probably crack 900 yards this season. There you go. And they were just stuffing red zone targets at him against the Lions. Real quick, with Miller, since uh, Martellus Bennett went on IR, he's caught 11 of 12 targets for 142 yards and a touch. That's 12.9 yards per reception. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. How about it, Marcus? Uh, I would say, one, one when it comes to tight end, you're either a Gronk person or you're not a Gronk person. Yeah. That's kind of how it goes. Uh, outside of the Gronk realm, Julius Thomas is one to keep an eye on. Uh, we talked about the, the uh, stacks earlier yep. in the, the podcast, and yep, so yep. A, a Blake Bortles-Julius Thomas stack looks uh, mighty nice right now. All right, how about it? Uh, I mean, we've hit we've hit all the big ones. I don't think, you know, the Barnyard Dog has been great, but he, he might be a little overvalued for his matchup. Yeah. Uh, Greg Olson is always a guy you can go to because he – going to see a ton of volume in that passing attack and like we said that game could be closer than we expect so. how about richard rogers i don't think i'm going richard rogers this week um should we see is there anybody deep i believe will we'll tie tie we'll we talk about ppr sites will tie has bat has double digit uh ppr points in the last five games they're gonna have to do something no odell will yeah. tie is gonna see a, a slight uptick in targets i would imagine and yeah. you know what man when they throw him the ball he's been converting he's well time. yeah he's i think he's playing very well all right that's gonna be oh uh Kyle, Kyle Rudolph could be in play this week. If that passing game keeps up, they're playing the Giants. Giants aren't great against covering tight ends. Uh, he's had some decent games in good matchups. He's also prone to disappearing. I don't love it, but if we're we're yeah. talking about matchups, we like could be one to play. Um, is there – well, I guess if you're playing a Thursday lineup, uh, Antonio Gates versus the Raiders? Mm, the Raiders, yeah, he's, the Raiders he's narrative? Like a, he's like a high floor play at this point. And um, and the other one is, um, is there a healthy tight end in Baltimore? Versus the Steelers, maybe Max Williams. Max but Williams. Uh, the Steelers are giving. They up might. A crazy they might actually start end. Ryan Mallett. Like, there's some talk that they might start Ryan Mallett at quarterback. Right. Gross. Oh, okay. uh, so defenses. Harmon, you said you had some co- a couple nugs. We're not going to well, talk kickers. Apologies, guys. But uh, just I like if you're going to go with kicker, go with the, like go go pretty low. Go pretty low. Like go Matt go Prater low. or something. Um, that was awful, though, when he missed. The, sorry, the side note. That was awful when he missed that. Like Mike Tree goes, like he hasn't missed a kick all year. And he missed yeah. his first kick of the year, and I had him in, like, every line. <laughs> so I was like, thanks, Mike. But anyways, um, defense, I like the Steelers' defense, like we mentioned. They're, that carousel uh, of Baltimore quarterbacks, is it's all bad, and it keeps on rotating. It might be Ryan Mallett, like we said, for whatever reason. Also, the Bills' defense, Great they're going to be super, super low-owned because they've been a big disappointment in season-long leagues. Right. They've been a big disappointment in DFS. They're also I, super salty after we I was going to say, Street? Narrative Street, yeah. They're salty. They're, Rex has got to go, you know, guns a-blazing on this one. And they play Kellen Moore, who is awful. I mean, Marcus yeah. has been saying it all week. Like, this is not this is not the Mount West anymore, baby. No. <laughs> he, played, he threw three interceptions on 25 pass attempts against the Jets. I think he's going to throw a few in the teeth of the of the Bills secondary, and he's going to take some sacks. That, they're a great pick this week. And they're, and they're, they're a value play. So, they are. Same thing. Uh, don't be surprised if the Eagles make a little bit of noise on defense, too. Uh, it's an interesting one. I, I know that Kirk Cousins uh, has 
been much better about protecting the ball. But he is on the road, though. He's on the road, and uh, man, he's not afraid to throw it. So, uh, and the Eagles have been really, really good about taking away balls. So, uh, you know, I just think, uh, you know, again, given their valuation, the Eagles, you know, watch out. They they could uh, they could do some things. Uh, one more, Detroit, actually, against San Francisco. They're yep. welcoming them into their home turf. Hello. Uh, <laughs> San Francisco just lost, Hello. this is weird to say, one of its best offensive players in Sean Drum. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor Marcus uh, Grant. So, I don't know. Uh, I forget how Ziggy Ansah fared coming out of that game, but he's a dynamite pass rusher, and they've got a good they got a good front seven. They could, they could force – Blaine who is a the, tournament. Who is Turnovers, the running back me. there in San Francisco? It's Traveris Cadet and uh, Kendall Gaskin. It is not Traveris Cadet because got, he was released right. for Dewan Harris. I forgot. Who got cut by a lot of teams yep. this year. Wait, so Dewan Harris is, is a niner is, now. He's a niner. He so it's, it'll probably be Dewan Harris and Kendall Gaskin's uh, splitting. What did he do? He just got in his Honda Accord and just drove down the five? to. But that's the thing. He couldn't have done that because he had gotten cut by the Seahawks and wasn't on Baltimore's, Baltimore's practice, practice squad. squad. So he, had, <laughs> he had to hop back on a plane and get back to the West oh Coast. <laughs> and now he's going to be taking carries. Wow. Dewan Harris, good for you. All right, let's get Daily Daps let's in. Let's do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hub. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps and bound daps and All right, Daily Dap time. Uh, who's ready? Who's ready? Who's uh, I ready? got one. Who's ready? I Marcus Grant's ready. Uh, daps to Amerigo Gazaway, who is a producer uh, and uh, releases a lot of stuff, a lot of free downloads, a lot of SoundCloud stuff. He has a series he calls Soulmates, where basically he will take a hip-hop artist and do a mashup with like a soul artist or a blues artist. Uh, he did one, a good one a couple years ago, uh, Yassine Gay, where he took Yassine Bey, formerly known as Most Def, paired it up with some Marvin Gaye music, did a really, really good one. But he had a new one come out, and I haven't even had a little chance to listen to it, okay. but I, I downloaded it today. The Trill is Gone, where it is UGK yeah. with B.B. King. That's what? So, so I downloaded it. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Uh, I definitely want to take a, a chance to check it out, but I'm just dabbing it because his other his other projects have been really, really good, so I'm excited about this. The Trill is gone. Yep. Look for that on SoundCloud. I know I'm going to be looking for it. That's awesome, man. Uh, I will go to the Twitter machine. How about Emo Kylo Ren? Now, if you haven't seen The Force Awakens, obviously don't follow him at all, but uh, it's a parody account of Kylo Ren. Um as an emo dude, and it's really funny. Um, a lot of really, really funny tweets. I can't even say them because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. So if you uh, have seen the movie, go follow Emo Kylo Ren. Super, super funny account. Um, the other one uh, is a fellow by the name of Crank Lucas. So Crank Lucas, you can find him on Facebook and or Twitter. He puts out these, like, I don't know, these videos. Uh, they're like, you know, comedy videos, parody videos of, like, whack rappers. So, like, uh, it'll be, like, short little minute-and-a-half pieces on, like, a rapper who can't freestyle, dot, 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 or uh, a, 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 a cheap rapper, dot, 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 or fake rapper, dot, dot, dot. I don't know. Uh, anyways, I'm into hip-hop, um, and I'm into those kind of things. It's really, really funny. Go check out Crank Lucas. I just started following him. Um, really, really good. I'm going to give a dap and then an undap to J.J. Abrams. I thought he did a great job with Force Awakens. A couple of nitpicky things um, that uh, that I thought could have been improved. But overall, I thought it was a, uh, it was a great movie. Undap to J.J. Abrams, though, because I just found out today he's not directing episodes 8 or 9. Correct. Why, why is that an undap? Why would you do that? It's, That's how this, they... is, this is your baby. See it to completion. I mean, Lucas didn't direct Empire Strikes Back. Or uh, Revenge. Yeah. Return. Bro. Return. Yeah, wow. So, J.J. Oh, God, Abrams. I apologize. <sighs> I thought J.J. Abrams, you were a fan. I thought J.J. Abrams did a pretty good job with this one. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see him back for episode. No, I'm excited to see. I'm the opposite. I'd, I'm excited to see what Ryan Johnson does with it. I'm not exactly excited to see what Colin Trevorrow does I don't with like, it. But. I don't like this Ryan character. Okay. He, he, he Have you his, seen any of his movies? He spells his name like a hipster. I don't like it. <laughs> Have you I seen any of his movies? It. It's R-I-A-N. Oh, I don't like that either. I don't like him. I don't like him. I, I just tell you right now, don't like what, him at all. What bad, takes? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt Harmon, give me one. All right, I've got two. Um, my first dap is to my mother. Aww. Uh, wow. She is flying in tomorrow uh, with Steve. Um, Who's Steve? Steve is my mother's boyfriend. Oh, okay. Uh, n- 
we'll avoid that subject. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve, I'm just kidding. Steve, Steve's a good dude. He's, he's really good. He's really good to my mother. Makes her very happy. I'm gonna delete oh that God. so it's not yeah, like yeah, so much yeah. better drama. Cut that off. Um, yeah, I'm sure Steve's gonna listen to this, but no. Um, so I'm gonna give a dap to both of them. They're flying across the country. I'm That's from, so cool. I'm man. from Virginia. Yeah, dude, West Virginia. It's no, great. Virginia. <laughs> yeah, the Mountaineers. They'll be flying it's a, it's a from Dulles. Uh, uh, which is near D.C. Oh, okay. Anyways. How close is that to West Virginia? Give me a break. Okay. I actually don't even know if they're flying from Dallas, but the point is <laughs> <laughs> the point is they are flying, and they're going to spend uh, Christmas at uh, Casa de Harmon slash Gel, or Gel Harmon. Is Gel, Gel Harmon. Harmon. Gel that's Harmon. What the, that's what they're calling it. Gel Harmon. Gel yes. Harmon It kind of rolls off the tongue. It, it really does. It fits very well. Um, Gel Harmon Despite your complaints tremendous. about it, Gel Harmon is. It's pretty, it, no, it's pretty cute. It's growing on them. It's I think. cute. I think I like it a lot. Gel Harmon but anyways, is tremendous. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, All right, what's your second one? Yeah, so that's my first one. Okay. And my second one, um, I'm going to dap the staff at the site that I cheat on you guys with, oh. <laughs> footballguys.com. Sure. We are wrapping up another successful season over there, um, and we are taking our yearly retreat to uh, Las Vegas. Um, oh. January 8th. This is uh, exciting. We're staying in a couple sick mansions again. I went last year for the first time, my first year on staff. So daps to Joe and David, who the owners of the site, who uh, Joe Bryan was just put in the Fantasy Hall of Fame, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, cool. A couple weeks or last week. Yeah. So pretty sick. So I'm dapping them because it's, it's a pretty sick thing that they do for all of us is kind of a, you know, a thank you for, for working there. So I Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Dude, that is awesome. Gelhart, All right. what's up? I'm going to go sentimental to, to wrap this up. And uh, I'm going to daily dab all the people that have to work on the holidays, whether it, like we have to work on Christmas Eve, we have coworkers that are working on Christmas Day, right. people in like the travel industry. like right. People get so mad when things go wrong, but don't forget it is a massive operation. Yeah. Like, hundreds of thousands of flights with millions of people to thousands of cities. Yeah. Like. Take a step back from the check your privilege to do a PC and realize what is happening and appreciate the people that are there on the holidays to get you to and from your loved ones and stuff like that. So a daily dap to everybody that has to work on the holidays and a daily dap to everybody that shows their appreciation for those people, whether you say, like, thank you or something. Which you should, like if should. you're flying or traveling or whatever. Atta baby. That's I that Midwestern it. politeness. Right? It is there. It's huh? also what comes out when you have literally nothing else to offer. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you have nothing else Scrambling to say, around. at least try to be a good person. Right. right. Okay, good. All right, perfect. So there you go. A Wednesday edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. So no Friday episode this week. For the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin, for MG My Guy Marcus Grant, and West Virginia native Matt Harmon, I'm James Cove. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit Hellman's.com.